0: Scott here. Welcome to a special bonus mini episode of Look Both Ways. We like to share stories about experimentation and what it really means to embrace the trial and error that comes with solving any worthwhile problem. So without further ado, Ben Franklin zaps a turkey. It's 1749, Philadelphia. Guests begin to arrive at Benjamin Franklin's electricity-themed party. You see, Inventor, statesman, writer, and future $100 bill model, Benjamin Franklin had a very relatable frustration. He was enamored with the scientific significance and otherworldly power of electricity, but he was disappointed with its lack of practical applications in contemporary society. He loved electricity, but he wasn't in love with it. So, as one does, Franklin threw a barbecue bash themed around Let's see how many times my friends would let me shock them in the name of parlor games and the scientific method. Taking center stage at Franklin's home is the electrostatic machine he used to conduct many of his famous early experiments with electricity. The machine was made of two five-foot tall wooden posts which held a big glass sphere at the top, which was then rotated by a crank rubbing the glass against a cloth pad. The friction would create a charge which Franklin would distribute via laden jars and other metals to just about anything he could get his hands on, for both science and for entertainment. Ben and his friends drank wine from charged glasses that delivered a small jolt with every sip. They played a game called Treason, featuring an electrified portrait of King George with a removable crown. Players had to remove the crown without touching the frame to avoid a shock. Fun Fact Franklin later sold the game to Archibald Hasbro, who later turned it into the popular board game, Operation. No, sadly, that last part isn't true. Uh, Just about selling the game to the fictional Archibald Hasbro. But everything else in this story actually is true. In December of 1750, he invited guests to a new electrified party. This one with a special promise the most tender, delicious turkey they've ever eaten, cooked to perfection through the magic of, you guessed it, the turducken. No, of course not. Of course he wanted to zap it to death. He had constructed a turkey electro-murder apparatus of glass jars, rods, silk, and other metals. After a raucous round of treason, it was time for the show to begin. But it didn't go quite as planned. With one hand still holding a chain connected to both charged glasses, Franklin reached for the other wire and learned an important lesson in grounding. Some accounts indicate guests saw nothing but a bright flash of light and a mostly unharmed turkey. Franklin didn't notice a thing. He was knocked senseless. When he came to, He was mostly unharmed and went on to blah, 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 you know, the gist of the rest. It's more fun to hear him describe the experience in his own words. This is a direct quote from a letter he wrote to his brother the night after the Turkey debacle. I have lately made an experiment in electricity that I desire never to repeat That part of my hand and fingers which held the chain was left white as though the blood had been driven out and remained so eight or 10 minutes after, feeling like dead flesh. And I had a numbness in my arms and the back of my neck, which continued until the next morning, but wore off. Nothing remains now of this shock, but a soreness in my breastbone, which feels as if I had been bruised. I did not fall, but suppose I should have been knocked down. If I had received the stroke in my head, the whole was over in less than a minute. Again, from the actual letters in 1750 via the U.S. National Archives website, voice of Ben Franklin sounds probably nothing like that, but I insist he sounds like that. The best line of the whole thing, the cherry on top of the electrified turkey, You may communicate this to Mr. Baudoin as a caution to him, but do not make it more public. For I am ashamed to have been guilty of so notorious a blunder. Say what you will about his alphabet, but don't you kind of wish people still talked like that? So notorious a blunder. Also, what a great name for a rapper. Notorious a blunder. I'm notorious a blunder. I'm victorious in plunder. Voice stentorious like thunder. Snuffleupagus, I sunder. What's a boreas, I wonder. So what lessons does Uncle Ben have for us this time? While well, electricity is fun, like guns and sex, it can be dangerous if you don't understand what you are doing or you are too drunk to realize what you are about to do. Of course, Mr. Early to Bed, Early to Rise is not the only person who has attempted to come up with new and exciting ways to cook the Thanksgiving bird. One easy way to do that is spatchcocking, which sounds terrible, and is. You cut the bird open at its breastbone, split it in half, and then smash it flat. This is also known as butterflying when applied to steaks or fillets. You can cook your two-dimensional butterball in about an hour and a half. The only drawback is that it looks like something out of Guernica by Pablo Picasso. We covered geothermal power in a previous episode, so if you have a volcano near you, you could tap into that for sustainably cooked jumbo chook. Or even better, go to Montana del Fuego in Spain and visit the El Diablo restaurant, where they regularly cook over an active volcano. According to Atlas Obscuro, the restaurant was created in 1970 by Cesar Manrique, a local artist and architect. A giant grill is laid across the opening where, six feet below, The gentle giant is softly bubbling lava at 400 degrees Celsius. Apparently, the perfect temperature for volcanically grilled meats. Here, however, is one way that you should most definitely not cook your turkey, courtesy of the Illinois Poison Center, which is not a clearinghouse for great ideas on how to poison people. You will want to go to the Illinois Poisoners Center for that, which, again, should not be confused with the Illinois Poisonnier Centre, or as they prefer, Il Poisonnier Centre, which is a meeting house for French fishmongers. Not entirely clear if the fishmonger or the fish or both are French. Here is the Thanksgiving story, according to the IPC. A caller's husband placed some varnish in a Tupperware container and stored it in the refrigerator. The lady of the house, presumably thinking it was a condiment of some sort, used it to baste the turkey. All of the guests remarked how perfect the turkey looked, a beautiful, deep, golden brown. The leftover varnish was made into gravy, which stuck to everything. Unfortunately, the mistake was realized after everyone ate this varnish. What the IPC neglects to add to this charming story is that varnish is indeed a poison and that you should seek immediate medical assistance if you ingest it. In all fairness to the guests who ate the varnish bird, Some of the symptoms of varnish poisoning are practically indistinguishable from normal Thanksgiving side effects. Headache and lethargy, feeling irritable, feeling sleepy, forgetfulness, low levels of alertness or response, individuals act drunk, unable to walk properly, lack of coordinated movements, and of course, coma. What else can we do to improve Thanksgiving? Just eat at a normal time. Why in God's name, for one day a year, do we all suddenly become a fan of intermittent fasting and decide that everyone should starve to death until the middle of the day and then gorge themselves to the point of paralysis. The poor bastard who has to cook the turkey has to get up at the crack of dawn to prepare and cook it. Everyone else is wandering around hangry because they don't want to ruin their appetite for the upcoming gorge fest or they're screamed at if they come within 10 feet of the kitchen by the sleep deprived overheated cook. Is that the point? To make us feel hunger ever so briefly, in order to make us thankful for the feast that is to come? Sure, sure. Evidently in the past, the midday meal, then known as dinner, was the main meal of the day. But why are we suddenly going back to that? Are you cooking your Thanksgiving in the style of the 1600s as well? Over a roaring fire in your hearth, or outside in a pit alongside the corn you just harvested? Well, good on you, pioneer person. I hope you forego all the advances in sanitation that we've had since then as well. And God forbid if you have small children. Good luck explaining to them that not only are we going to eat a bunch of weird shit, like stuffing that is evidently stale bread and seasoned. Sorry folks, we're experiencing some technical difficulties. We'll be back in just a moment. into the turkey corpse in some kind of ritual humiliation and cranberry sauce which looks like cool blood red jello but is definitely not cool blood red jello or if you're one of those traditionalists who make the cranberry soup style cranberry sauce good luck convincing a small child to eat that But now, you're going to have to eat at a time when you're not normally hungry, but we have to for reasons unknown, but in some kind of mass hysteria as a society decided that we're all going to eat an insanely huge meal of unusual foods at a weird time. But that, that, that just could be me. I know that I am thankful for my producer Max Parcell, who in addition to producing also co-wrote this episode and provided all the historically correct information that you heard in Act 1. All of the other nonsense can be blamed on me, your host, Scott Herms. I am also thankful for the Illinois Poison Center. You can find them online at illinoispoisoncenter.org in case you decide to baste your turkey in some unknown gunk that you find in your fridge without first, well, I don't know, smelling or tasting it. Please follow us on Instagram at Look Both Ways Podcast, and be sure to subscribe on your podcast dispenser of choice to not miss an episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to give us a five-star rating. You can also leave a comment at lookbothways.kinandcarta.com, or if you prefer, write your message on some stale bread, cram it into a turkey and then run 10,000 volts through it. We will smell your message no matter where you are. See you next episode.